Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 8th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and we have a good show for you today, recapping, doing, putting a little bit of a bow on the third quarter of the season, which ended actually last week. We're now in the final quarter of the season, the last, say, 20-some-odd games now. Uh, So we'll wrap up what happened in the third quarter of the season. Obviously, the Magic season kind of went off the rails there, but still some things to talk about and discuss uh, as as sort of a review of what we've seen in the last 20 games and and prepare us for the next 20, now I guess less, because we're a few games into the final quarter of the season. And of course, the Magic are back in action Wednesday night at the Amway Center. They take on the Chicago Bulls. Uh, big game for the Magic. I, I, every game's a big game, but it, you know they're they're big in, in their individuality. In that, that this is a game Magic are playing it. We want to see what we can learn from this game and and see if uh, see if they can get a win or not. And if they don't, you know, that's 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 here, neither here nor there, I guess. Uh, but before we get going, I do want to say a quick word from our pals over at SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time now. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to, and none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. This Sunday, I'm a season ticket holder for Orlando City, so I was at the Orlando City game. My uncle and my cousin, they wanted to go last minute, and I was like, guys, it's it's sold out. There's, there's no way you're going to be able to get tickets. But I bet you there's some tickets on SeatGeek. We popped onto the SeatGeek app. Saw a lot of green dots. You know, this was the hottest ticket in Orlando. You know, some say, I, I heard people saying it was the hottest ticket in Orlando since the 2009 finals. So difficult to get tickets. We saw all these green dots, you know, pricey. It's a little bit pricey to get in, but we knew that the, the, the price that they were paying was good for the market as it was. And they got tickets right by the supporter section, right by the wall. Had a great time. Had a great view of the 1-0 victory over NYCFC. It's as simple as that with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert, and everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work, and you save time and money. Literally, it took us five minutes to find good seats for my uncle and my cousin so they could go watch Orlando City take on NYCFC. It is the same for the Magic. It is the same for the NCAA tournament next week. It's the same for WrestleMania in less than a month. It's the same for any any event, even plays. You can, I think you can get Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center uh, tickets on SeatGeek. Anything you want to go see in Orlando, elsewhere, anywhere, SeatGeek is your place to go. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Here's what you have to do to get your $20 rebate on tickets. Download the SeatGeek app. It's very easy to do. Go 
Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. A little bit harder to do, but I, I, I believe in you guys. Enter the promo code LOMAGIC. That's L-O-M-A-G-I-C. Simple as that. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOMAGIC today. And that is SeatGeek, as I'm sure you know from every other podcast in the world. For those that are still looking for tickets, uh, you can grab them on SeatGeek as the Magic take on the Chicago Bulls at the Amway Center. Don't forget, the Magic play the Cavs on Saturday. Only time Cleveland comes to town, LeBron should play. I don't see why he wouldn't, but uh, Magic Cavs on Saturday. Magic Bulls on Wednesday. Jimmy Butler makes his final stop in Orlando for the season. Uh, It is going to be uh, an interesting game, to say the least. Chicago is... An intriguing team. Uh, I think they're definitely buoyed and helped by Jimmy Butler, who's had a stupendous season. Uh, he may, he's going to be the best player on the on the court and make them go. They might be without Dwayne Wade. Uh, Dwayne Wade is uh, nursing a sore thigh, I believe, and he is doubtful for Wednesday's game. Rajon Rondo missed Monday's game against the Detroit Pistons, so they may be without him, but they've got some good point guards. Cameron Payne came over in the trade uh, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's been playing some decent basketball uh, as well. Uh, this is just a really odd team. I mean, I think we kind of sense that Chicago might have some problems uh, with their floor spacing uh, at the beginning of the season with Wade and Rondo and and Butler, not great three-point shooters. They've got Doug, uh, they've traded Doug McDermott away now, so they lost another shooter. But Chicago's holding on to that seventh playoff spot. This is a big game for them. This is a big game for their playoff chase. Uh, and they're they rely heavily on Butler, and that's caused some of the same problems that the Magic have, actually. I was actually doing, uh, a, a, an, I was writing an article, I, I write the previews for Sports Exchange uh, for the Magic home game, so if you want to check those out, I believe they run on NBA.com as well. And I was doing some research on the Bulls um, to, to find a similar theme to the Magic, and, and believe it or not, the Bulls and the Magic are two of the worst teams in the fourth quarter overall. I talked a little bit about this on yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic in response to the loss to the Knicks where the Magic completely blew it in the fourth quarter. The Magic are the worst team in the league by net rating in the fourth quarter. So they're really bad. The Bulls are not that far behind. I think they're they're in the bottom. They're in the bottom 10 at least. They might be in the bottom 5. And that's somewhat to be expected. You have a team that doesn't have a lot of depth. You have a team that doesn't have a lot of shooting. Teams tend to tighten up in the fourth quarter. I'm a big 48-minute guy. Uh, I believe that every minute's important, but these are humans. You You get to deadline pressure. Teams do tighten up. Players do tighten up. Human beings do tighten up. Uh, And I think they're one of those teams that struggles a lot in fourth quarters for that reason. They don't have the spacing to really create for each other. They don't have... um, you know, they rely heavily on one player, and so teams load up on them. Their bench has, was not that particularly good this year. Uh, and so they get beat in fourth quarters. Uh, and, and that's kind of where this Bulls team is at in the long run. They, they, get, they get beat in fourth quarters. Uh, and so it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Now, when Chicago came to Orlando, I think it was back in January, the Bulls won that game in the fourth quarter. Orlando was playing tight, keeping it close, uh, and Chicago made the plays down the stretch to win that game. And, and 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 the old saying in the NBA goes, if you have the best player on the floor, you have a chance to win. Jimmy Butler is going to be the best player on the floor on Wednesday night. There's no getting around it. But as I continually say when I preview these games, it's less about what the Bulls do and more about what the Magic do. If the Magic play their game, they will have a chance to win because when you look at this Orlando lineup, they're actually playing pretty well. 
Their net rating is negative now. It's that's for the first time. Uh, you know, the two the two losses on Sunday and Monday kind of dropped them to a negative net rating. But they're they're two and four since the All Star break. They had a lead in the fourth quarter in three of those four losses. Uh, their starting lineup actually. Uh, John Schumann of NBA.com looked this up. Since the All Star break, the Magic starting lineup with Nikola Vucevic is the second best starting lineup in the league. There are plenty of signs that this team is improving and playing in a more positive direction. They're just not getting the wins. And we don't know if Nikola Vucevic is going to play yet. Uh, by the time you listen to this, I'm, I, I may know. But the Magic uh, had Tuesday off. They're tradi- you know Typically, they take the day off after a back-to-back. So not abnormal that they took the day off. You know, uh, Nothing, nothing uh, below board there. Uh, but uh, the Magic getting Nikola Vucevic back would certainly help the team a lot. Uh, certainly to reset and rebalance their rotation. Because the rotation right now is a bit of a mess, especially at center. Um, Bismack Biombo's been having to play some some big minutes. Steven Zimmerman's clearly not ready. Uh, there's no other centers on the roster, no, no players that could even fake playing center, uh, and that's been a problem for the team in the last two games. Uh, but the Magic have clearly stumbled onto something with this lineup and with this style, and at least that's something that we can say, okay, they can build on this. Now, how much building on it they can they, they can do is going to be determined by how well they play the rest of the season. Uh, and so getting a win would be a helpful thing, I think, to, to, to begin kind of getting that positive reinforcement. Uh, but this is a Magic team that's, that's fully capable of winning this game and fully capable of competing with just about any team they play the rest of the way now. Cleveland might be a different story. Golden State next week might be a different story. Uh, but but the Magic should feel some sense of confidence. They've got to take it on themselves to do it. It's going to be about executing in the fourth quarter. It's going to be about the bench pulling its weight. It might mean having to readjust rotations to make sure there's a starter in with that second unit. It's going to take a lot. But the Magic are certainly capable, and they have every reason to believe that they can get the job done. Tip-off at the Amway Center is at 7 o'clock, the usual 7 o'clock. Uh, Magic versus Bulls. We'll have complete coverage of that on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. All right, on to our, our main topic today, and that is recapping the third quarter of the season. Back when the... the but back when we hit the midpoint of the season, I asked uh, a series of questions, um, you know, because obviously we knew the trade deadline was coming up. The Magic were probably four or five games out of the playoffs at that time. It was beginning to look like the, the season was slipping away. Um, at, at that point, you know, there was concern that they hadn't won some game that they weren't winning consistently, but it still felt like if they mounted a bit of a run, they could get back in the playoff race. The third quarter of the season, frankly, put to rest all those thoughts. Any thought that the Magic were going to make a crazy run to make the playoffs had to go away. And a lot of the focus, I think, in the third quarter of the season was on the trade deadline. And the trade deadline happened to fall uh, about two weeks before the third quarter of the season ended. 
So we knew a lot of the questions that we were asking were about long-term questions about how the Magic handled the trade deadline, how the Magic handled this roster moving forward. The fourth quarter is going to be about how the Magic build momentum and build an identity for next season. So let's go back, and I'm pretty sure I did this uh, in a podcast, Um, so you can go back and look uh, in the archives if you want to dig down that deep, but I'll review review the questions here. what, how did the Magic answer the questions that, that we felt they needed to answer in the third quarter of the season? Let's go through them one by one. What direction will the Orlando Magic move in the future? And when I asked this question back in January, in December and January, it was to say, how do the Magic approach the trade deadline? How, what, did, what decision do the Magic make? Because we all felt... They were going to either decide to keep Serge Ibaka and make a playoff push, or they're going to trade Serge Ibaka and get younger. They clearly made the decision to get younger, to get faster, to, to get more versatility on the wing, uh, and to try and push the pace a little bit more. They, they modernized their team, and then they did this by trading Serge Ibaka. It was clearly the right decision with, with all the information they had at the time that the Magic were probably going to lose Serge Ibaka in free agency. They were probably not going to make the playoffs. It's, you know, it's not officially eliminated, but they probably weren't. Uh, and they they just needed the they needed to move on and set the table for 2018. They needed to bring in a player that was going to be able to contribute. And I and I think they largely did that in Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross is on the same kind of growth trajectory as the Magic's other young players. Uh, and he really has seemed to fit pretty well. I mean, he's inconsistent with a shot, which is something that, that Raptors fans said he would be, and he has been, uh, but he has added a versatility and, 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 like I said, modernized the Magic's offense. So the Magic moved in this different direction. They, they dumped the, the tall ball, they went small, they went fast break, they went vers- versatile, and, and that's been the big help for the team. The next question I asked was, can the Orlando Magic play with consistent effort? That question, I think, is still a little bit unanswered. At least in the third quarter, it was a, you know, probably not. Orlando, as I've mentioned a few times, and and as I'm sure everyone else has mentioned, have not won consecutive games since December 26th. Every time it looked like they were about to, they dropped the ball. Whether it was a a tough loss uh, at Utah, whether or a blowout loss at Toronto. The Magic just did not get themselves together consistently. They played good one night, they played poor the next two. That's kind of been the Magic's MO, and frankly, that's what bad teams look like. I hate to say it, their record is what they are. This team has not been able to string wins together, and thus they find themselves where they are in the standings. So, whether and I don't like throwing the word effort and, and trying around, because I do think players are trying hard. But there is a consistency in execution that has been lacking. We know, I think what's most frustrating about this season, and it was certainly most frustrating in the third and second quarters of the season, was we know this team could be better. We saw in the first quarter of the season how well the team played defensively. They were an elite defensive team. We all thought it was real. And it turned out not to be. But we know that team is in there. And they pop up, and they would pop up every once in a while, Magic would get, a, would get a decent win, and then it would disappear again. We know this team is better than, the, than their record, or they can play better than their record. But unfortunately, 
They never brought it consistently, and that's why the Magic find themselves where they are. What I think is good about the way the Magic are playing now is there is some consistency now. We are seeing the same style every game. We are seeing them succeed in the same way every game. We're still seeing them struggle a little bit. Don't get me wrong. But the effort and the style and the approach has been pretty consistent since the All-Star break, and I think that is a good sign in establishing a culture. What the Magic need to do is take that next step and actually win games. They're not getting blown out. I think what was most frustrating in the third quarter of the season was when the Magic would get beat by 30, and we always felt like that 20, 30-point blowout was right around the corner. The way the Magic are playing right now, you know, unless they're playing at Cleveland or Golden State, which, which we'll see on Saturday in Cleveland, uh, and then next Thursday against Golden State, what we're seeing is that the team is going to give itself a chance to win games. Um, th- th- if they play with the effort, energy, and intensity that they're playing with right now, they're going to have every chance to win every game they're in. And I think that is a a positive sign for the Orlando Magic moving forward. So I think I think... In the third quarter of the season, the answer was no. Always felt like they were going to get blown out. They could get blown out at any moment by any team. Now, I think the Magic are playing with that consistent effort you want to see. Next question was, how much can Aaron Gordon grow? Uh, Unfortunately, I think the third quarter of the season saw Aaron Gordon regress a little bit. We were very happy and excited about what he could do in the second quarter of the season. He looked very comfortable defensively. Offensively, his numbers were ticking up. Um, they weren't great yet, but there was still something there that it felt like they could work with. Um, you know, certainly another summer working at Small Ford seemed like it would help him uh, kind of reach his full potential. The third quarter of the season saw all that come to a halt. Yes, he had the foot injury uh, that really slowed him down. Yes, the slam dunk contest was a bit of a disappointment. But where Gordon really struggled was with. His three-point shooting decreased dramatically. His field goal shooting decreased dramatically. His scoring was as inconsistent as ever. And and, and certainly the the types of games that he scored well, there were good reasons. You look at the Clippers. They play a really small lineup. He took advantage of the small lineups. When he got to play bigger players, he took advantage. And so the Magic scrapped the experiment, moved him back to the floor, and now we're seeing Aaron Gordon continue to thrive and grow. Kind of like with Victor Oladipo when he played point guard a few years ago. It was a good experiment to do. I, I, I still believe that playing Aaron Gordon at the small forward position was something the Magic should should have done. Just not this year. It should have been something they did two years ago when wins weren't important, when the Magic weren't trying to necessarily win games, when it wasn't as high of, high of stakes. It was very clear Aaron Gordon was held back offensively. He could not do everything he could do offensively at the three. It was good to see him become nearly elite as a defensive small forward. I think that's good, and that's something that's going to help him throughout the rest of his career. But, it's very clear Gordon is more comfortable at this power forward position as his numbers have upticked. And, you know, we'll we'll name our fourth quarter MVP at the end of the season as well as our whole season MVP. Aaron Gordon is very much in the running for the fourth quarter MVP through six games. Uh, the next question, uh, and, and and actually I'll take that next the next question um, on my list here for the next segment, uh, but the next question, what will make Orlando Magic fans hopeful for the future? I think what we all wanted to see happen for the Magic was whether it be results on the floor, making a playoff push, or 
making a trade give Magic fans a reason to care for the last 20 games leading into the 2018 season? And I think this is where the jury is still very much out. The Magic are playing much better than they were before the All-Star break. It does feel like there's something real, something there about this team. They've, they've hit on something. The results have to follow, though. If the Magic want to build some hope for the future, the results have to follow what they've built in the last six games. Obviously, there's still a lot of work to do. Obviously, the Magic uh, are still learning how to win, and that's something that's important to Frank Vogel. He's talked about building a culture time and time again. Uh, but the Magic are still working on this question. I think this is the key question for the rest of the season. I'll probably ask it and answer it again at the end of the year. Did the Magic build hope for the future? Did the Magic make you want to care and tune in for 2018 with the roster they have now? Rob Hennigan consistently says, we're only a few tweaks away. If they're only a few tweaks away, what they have on the roster now needs to be something. Needs to show us something needs to give the fan base faith that they can deliver something, deliver the playoffs next season. And I think that's still a big question for the team. The question that I skipped over and the one that I will answer now as part of our third quarter review, and that is what is Nikola Vucevic's value? Once again, I asked this question uh, at the time as a preview to the trade deadline. Nikola Vucevic, whether we like to admit it or not, is the most tradable contract on the Orlando Magic. He has, what, $25 million due over the next two years for a guy that can produce a double-double pretty easily, even off the bench. Pretty consistently, too. That's incredible value. And it just always felt like Nikola Vucevic was going to be the odd man out that he was the guy that would have to take the fall for the team's missteps building, for the team's kind of struggles on defense. Whether it was his fault or not, he would be the one that would have to get dealt because of the economics. Increasingly, though, it is beginning to become clear. If not, clear is maybe not the right word, but it's... Get, it, as the season went on, as the third quarter went on, it got harder and harder and harder to agree with that statement. Those were, I mean, everything I just said about Nikola Vucevic was widely assumed for a very, very long time about him and was kind of part of his narrative this season, fair or unfair. That quickly changed this season, especially in the third quarter of the season, and especially now that Serge Ibaka's gone and Nikola Vucevic has kind of returned to a more prominent role as the only center in the paint on offense. Nikola Vucevic was clearly the MVP of the third quarter for the Orlando Magic. You break down his stats in the 20 games, so from January 14th to March 1st, Nikola Vucevic averaged 15.1 points per game, shot 48.1% from the floor, Shot or grabbed 9.7 rebounds per game, 0.8 blocks per game. And those numbers are only increasing since the All Star break. Since the All Star break, let's narrow it down. Since the All Star break, Nikola Vucevic, and this is only four games, so very small sample size, Nikola Vucevic is averaging 20 points per game, 10.5 rebounds per game. One and a half blocks per game, shooting 
45.6% from the field. Still taking a few too many jumpers. Nikola Vucevic still provides a lot of that versatility that the Magic loved about him for so long. But his weakness was still his was his defense. And increasingly, his defense is no longer a weakness. His defense is incredibly important to what the Magic do. And not just incredibly important, it's good. There are still those weaknesses in the pick and roll. He still is not the best pick and roll defender. Guards can attack him. Guards can attack him. But he's better at it. He's better at corralling. I I, I think of the game against Miami on Friday. That was one of the best games I've seen Nikola Vucevic play defensively. Because he controlled Goran Dragic and Hassan Whiteside for most of that game. He did a really good job of showing and making himself a presence in front of Dragic while staying in contact with Whiteside, not letting Whiteside uh, get too far away from him for a lob. He crowded all those players on his own, got good weak side help, which which certainly helps, uh, and was just really solid overall. And that's what we've come to expect from Mikla Vucevic. If you look at his defensive box, box plus minus, it's plus two and a half, which is which means... He's two and a half points per 100 possessions better defensively than the average player. We would never have said that the last four years. And increasingly, Nikola Vucevic is something of the heart of this franchise. You know, not maybe in the way that Daryl Armstrong was the heart where, you know, kind of he energized everyone, but Vucevic has been part of this rebuild project for five years and he is as disappointed as anyone else with how this season has gone. He really thought this was a playoff year, and and you know when you talk to him, he says, "I thought this, you know, I want to be here when we make the playoffs." You know, he he's been through the heart, the heartache, and the hard times, and maybe he's not the player that's good enough to do it by himself, but he's certainly doing what he can with what he's got. And Vucevic has played some very good basketball this season especially lately. And there's no doubt in my mind that he was the best player for the Magic in the third quarter of the season. He was the guy that, that you know, when the, he played well, the team played well, drove the engine for the team, and, and, and was the best player for the, for the team. He was steady throughout. And that's what we come to expect from Nikola Vucevic, is that he's just steady throughout. And now that he's got the space and the time and the opportunity he's begun to look like Nikola Vucevic like, we, like we've seen for the last five years, for the last four years. And it's made the Magic better. The Magic are be- a better team with Nikola Vucevic on the floor. He's, he beat out Bismack Biombo when everyone assumed Bismack Biombo would be the starter. And he did that, and I think he cemented that in the last 20 or so games. What Nikola Vucevic's future is, I don't know. He's still the most tradable contract on the team. But it's going to be a lot harder to trade him than it was before. Because he is bought in to what Frank Vogel's done. He's won those games. Or he's not won those games, but he's he's bought in. He's played well. He's done his job. And that's all you can ask for. That's always what, what he's done in a lot of ways. And so we'll see... if he can follow that up with another with another strong end of the season and what his role will be 
moving forward after that. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's podcast, the Locked On Magic podcast. Uh, Once again, the Magic will take on the Chicago Bulls at the Amway Center at 7 p.m. You can, of course, Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can like the po- you can follow me on Twitter at O Magic Daily. I'm always available to answer questions uh, there as well, and like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. You can check out the latest on Orlando Magic Daily at Orlando Ma- on the Orlando Magic at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, as well as using the new fan sided Google Chrome plugin. If you have Google Chrome, go to the Chrome Store. Search for Fan Sided. You can get the latest on the Orlando Magic from Orlando Magic Daily, from Hoops Habit, from the Step Back, directly on your desktop uh, the moment it's posted. So check out the Fan Sided app on the Google Chrome Store. I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. We'll see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Magic with a complete recap of the Orlando Magic's game against the Chicago Bulls. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. See you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.